0: Welcome to the CFB
1: Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey
0: everybody, how you doing out there? This is the CFBDynasty.com podcast. My name is Matt Knowles. Joining me as always over here on one of these sides, you got Doug Gravely, Mr. Bridesmaid, Never the Bride and also the founder <laughs> and the creator of CFBDynasty.com, the one, the only B-Mac, Mr. Brian McElford. How are you guys doing today?
1: What up, man? I'm doing good, Matt. How are you?
0: Doing good, doing good. Excited about this show today. We get to talk about something that this is the first time on these podcasts we've ever done in a couple of years. We get to talk about the top college fantasy football seasons for QBs ever. And we say ever. We're not talking about in the history of CFP dynasty, which goes back to hopefully goes back what 15, 16 years. BMAC actually went back quite a ways you're talking about. It. He went back to when we had three channels on our television sets and uh, you, you know, your remote control was your seven year old kid have to go up and turn the, turn the little rotary dial. He went all the way back to what, 1980, looking yep. at the top the top fantasy football seasons for quarterbacks and a lot of fun information on here. Really looking forward to getting to this. Um, let's just start right off to the top. So, um, you know, I guess, I guess we could talk about uh, the things that surprised us the most when we looked at this list, just kind of like, you know, off the top of your head, Doug, what were some of the things that surprised you? We're, we're going to go over the top, um, the, the top 25, the top 10 later, just in, in general, what are some of the things that surprised you when you looked at this list?
2: So as you guys know, I haven't been you know a big college fantasy football guy for a whole lot of years. It's you know going on my what fourth season with y'all, third season with y'all now. Um so I was surprised seeing a team on there like BYU 11 times. You know, they had 11 quarterbacks of the of the top 300 which I thought was was crazy, you know. Some people may expect something like that, but that's just different knowledge for me because I wasn't a big CFB fantasy guy for a long time so something like that was surprising to me
1: and one of the things that's cool that you're talking about like referencing the league if there's not someone or if someone's like kind of new to the show like our our league we talk about is like a Devi style or dynasty league we call it where you draft your players in college they graduated up to your nfl team so some of these names on the list like like matt's gonna talk about on his team he's had since they were like freshmen or sophomores in college all the way through their whole nfl career like for me uh I saw a tweet this morning where it's potentially Matthew Stafford's going to retire. And uh, that was my second round pick when we started the league. He was a a freshman. And uh, so it's interesting uh, that the difference between a redraft league, redraft leagues are fun. like You get clean slate players you can draft um that you may not have like stock in or whatever in a debbie league or a dynasty league you know players that maybe eluded you or uh or whatever these leagues are so much fun if if you haven't joined one um give it a try if you're into the the whole gm mode if you're into like madden franchise mode like this is the jam from a, a fantasy perspective
0: I can tell you, I was just on a, a a different podcast talking about comics the other day. I think it was maybe even yesterday, and um, I talked about how intense the college to pro aspect of this was. Because I remember very clearly when, like, you and Mike Dillingham would go down to the high school all American um, all star games down in Tampa, and I remember you guys going there to scout guys, and I remember. One of you guys, maybe it wasn't that game, but I remember one of you guys scouting and actually was like, yep, that dude Julio Jones, I want that guy because I think he's going to be good on my pro team and legitimately scouted him at the high school all-star game and kept him all the way to your pro. It was unbelievable the intensity that you guys had back then actually having to go and pick out high school guys trying to get them to be quality guys on your pro team. Way different than a redraft league. Redraft league you could give a crap about what's going on, you know, as a guys, as a <laughs> yeah. high school senior, you want guys that are going to produce now. But I always thought right. that was super intense that you guys were doing that.
1: Yep. Yeah, it makes it fun. It's just a different, you know, additive to, you know, what I love is my favorite um, time of the year, obviously is college football season. It's always been like that for me where you know, I'm from the South. I love SEC football. I love football all across the country. So you'll see me watching games all day long i kind of do all my work all my extra work any weddings that i attend it's it's not in the fall it's this season where we're kind of getting ramped up for college football season Where are whatever 100 and we've got a countdown on the site. i don't know it's somewhere in the 170 uh days range left till uh till we kick off so anyways yeah saturdays are it for us love 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 how fantasy just kind of adds to the fun of those days
0: and i can tell you uh, right now there are a lot of comic conventions a lot of guest appearances that i'm doing in the fall but i don't I, I don't think i've missed a a college football saturday or a nfl sunday for a long time i've got me a subscription service i sit there at the booth and there's times i've watched some of the most Classic games. I watched the Dolphins Ravens, where the Dolphins had that insane fourth quarter comeback, sitting right there on the table at a comic convention this past year. I don't, I don't miss my college football. I don't miss my pro football. It's just a way of life.
1: Yeah. So as far as like kind of ring bringing us back into your original question, there um, <laughs> some things that surprised me. I guess just as I looked at the list, so Ohio State's on here ten times in the top. So what we've got right here is the top three hundred, um, and then all of their seasons are from 2013 plus it's not super surprising if you followed you know Big Ten football for a while um, as they come out of the you know running game yeah exactly into <laughs> passing and I love I love the running game I the whatever the 13 to 9 type of games I'm here for it love those kind of games LSU they kind of surprised me with Joe burrow he was on they were on uh, sorry lsu made the list one time and it was the joe burrow season where um you know he put up the most uh you know raw amount of fantasy points um i there so actually actually let me go ahead and just say kind of how i combine the list how we ranked these players if that's all right
0: i think that that's how actually was going to be my next question so we get the okay. mic. like so how about this you ready Bmac, why don't you tell everybody how we came up with this list? What you did to uh, to uh, to get the information, and and what we used to say, hey, here's our top 300. What actually got somebody to be at in those positions?
1: Wow, what a great question. So I I can answer that for you. Um, So I've got I've compiled this data um, in a spreadsheet. That's big. It's a Google Sheet technically, Um, and bunch of different tabs and so we've got all the quarterback data obviously there wasn't fantasy or college fantasy back uh, online back in the day so we're compiling this data using stats where we've got all the passing stats all the rushing stats in there and I've got a ton more columns um, on the sheet but I've just presented just for lack of lack of columns there, I just presented, you know, passing touchdowns, interceptions, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, um, and obviously there's more involved, but then it's it's basically, it comes up with total fantasy points for that season, uh, and it lists the year and how many games they played, but because there's a big gap in how many games you play now compared to 1980, the number one metric we have is, and this is the sort order of the sheet, is fantasy points per game to kind of rule out, um, you know, the, you know, just the team, the, the players that played 14 games versus those that played 11, like in 1990 or 1980. Um, we didn't want them to be, their seasons to be kind of diminished just on raw number of games played. But there is a threshold, like minimum games played, I think was seven or eight um just so we didn't get someone who you know played two games and was hurt the rest of the year um so anyways we've got that built there you can see the year um so someone can be on this list uh multiple times and then in the last column we have percentage of passing fantasy points so this stat um is critical so you can kind of see all right pocket passers versus dual threat guys and and kind of how things have shifted um where you'll see somebody on the extreme side like jordan lynch um his great season in 2013 39 and a half percent of his fantasy points came from passing which you know he had Let's see, 1,900 rushing yards and 23 rushing touchdowns. So that's where the bulk of his fantasy points came from. But then you have just below him, Bailey Zappi, Western Kentucky, 2021. He had 96% of his fantasy points came from passing. 62 passing touchdowns, 5,900 yards passing, um, and a total of 17 rushing yards. Um, So anyways... That's really the bulk of it. We've got the top 300. Um, Would love to go deeper in the future. But anyways, that's that.
0: All right, BMAC, that's really good. That shows people how this information was put together. Now let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about some of the things that uh, that caught our eye uh, in the list. At the very end, we're going to go through the top 25 and then really dig deep into the top 10. That's part of the reason why we're not putting this up on the screen right now is because we want to make sure that we can keep some of these things as a surprise because there are some things, if you or a Doug Gravely, who's just new to fantasy, to college fantasy football, you're not going to believe some of the things you're going to see when you get into the top 25 and top 10. Some huge surprises up there that you're just not going to believe. So, um, BMAC, you already mentioned one of the things that really jumped out to me uh, was Jordan Lynch from Northern Illinois. Um, He is probably the the biggest dual threat quarterback that's at the top of the list. He shows up twice near the top, and uh, he's probably got the most percentage of of, um of rushing to passing not passing to rushing that puts them on the top of this list that was one of the biggest surprises to me Doug I know that uh before we started you said you had uh, something else that really jumped out to you what was that that really jumped out to you on this list
2: um the thing that jumps out to me like I said you know being kind of new to the college fantasy football realm um honestly just how many players went from quarterback in college who actually did really well to You know, me knowing being an NFL guy, you know, most of my fantasy football life, them going to the NFL is something different. So them having great, successful seasons as a quarterback in college and then them going to the NFL is something completely different.
0: Yeah, we're going to we're going to cover those specific ones here in just a little bit, too. There, Like I said, there's a few up there that are going to blow your mind, but you're not going to believe guys that had great seasons that if you weren't really deep into college football at that time, you're not even going to know who they are.
1: Yeah. And I will share the screen for a second so I can show off one feature. So if you are on the website and just to give you, and especially if you're new to fantasy football or maybe just played your first season last year, um, there's a search feature for, so I just searched in there for 2022. You can search for conference. Um, and we've got, you know, all the old conferences there, you can search for players, for teams, and then you can kind of see, um, you know, kind of how things stack up, you know, how many times Alabama has been in there, all that stuff. All right. So I have searched for 2022 here. So for some context, Caleb Williams, who averaged 33.1 fantasy points, won the Heisman, had a great year at USC. He's good for 44th, uh, since 1980. So heck of a season, but that's kind of, and Bo Nix, here's another one. He's good for 99th on this list. He averaged 30.7 fantasy points a game last year. So those are some things to kind of uh, hopefully put this list into context. If you're new um, to the college fantasy world.
0: Good stuff. And yeah, the search features are really good. Earlier, right before we got on, we were looking at the, uh, the conferences and, how many times the conferences appear in the top 300 and the teams are listed as to when they were in a specific conference. It's like Houston, Houston is not listed based on the conference era now Houston's been all over the place. They've been in multiple conferences. So if it's a 1989 season, it's the conference were in then 2004, the conference era, And then, but uh, it's interesting. If you look at the, the, the number of times a conference appears on this list, the big 12 far and away, outlasts everybody 46 times the big 12 has put a quarterback in the top 300 46 times the sec is the next closest with the acc trailing just behind it 32 and 31 um, that's that's impressive you know where you where you can say that hey the big 12 is used to putting out those big time quarterbacks now granted with real realignment maybe that's not going to be the case because some of those schools that may have uh, put it, put up a big season in the big 12 are moving to different conferences now but you wanna look at things like that. Um, The Sunbelt on the other end, the Sunbelt, you would think, hey, here's a conference that doesn't have a lot of defense. Sunbelt's only put guys in the top 300 nine times. So maybe you don't wanna look at a Sunbelt quarterback as opposed to the big 12, because the Sunbelt is not historically putting out big time quarterbacks into college fantasy football.
1: And they've been around too. It's not like Conference USA, who's only started in 1995.
0: And Conference USA, now that you bring it up, Conference USA is number five on the conference list with 25 times they've put somebody in the list that's not that far off from the AAC for the acc or the sec so you know if you conference usa is putting that many in that quickly that's pretty impressive
1: yep totally
0: all right so um let's see here so let's go back to these uh let's, let's look at the disappointments here let's look at the guys that had professional milk carton performances guys that were unbelievable in college But professionally, they're on the back of the milk carton. Um, I'm going to start by saying if you're a Houston quarterback that's in the top 20, your professional career is absolute trash. And the statistics back that up. If you're a quarterback in the top 20, you're a terrible NFL pro. Guys like De'Eric King, David Klingler. Andre Ware. I think that Klingler and Andre Ware are probably two of the biggest flameouts in the history of professional football from the standpoint of a guy having a great college season going up to the pros. Now that doesn't mean there's not other guys. And we'll talk about that later. But if you statistically are in that top 20, you're from Houston, your professional career did not go well.
1: Yep. It's true.
0: What about you, b Who do you see? That, who is uh, on the list that had a disappointing NFL career that surprised you?
1: So there's one guy on this list that I just remember. <laughs> I would have traded almost anything to get him. So uh, Sam Bradford at Oklahoma was, you know, one of the they were one of the best offenses of all time, and they they ran into my Florida Gators in the championship that year and lost. Gators defense was was incredible and and did well against that offense. I don't think anyone got out of the twenties uh, in that game. Anyways, when, like I thought he was prototype for NFL, where incredible accuracy, great arm, and putting him in in one of those NFL offenses, it's it's possible that he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But Bradford was was the man, and he he was just like I, re- I remember seeing like college game day talking about him, how, you know, he's great at ping pong. He's great at everything else. Like he was just one of those guys who who could do everything. And the game just kind of came natural to him. I was so shocked at how his, his NFL career kind of turned out. Um, and then one other that I noted on the list, who was just really good, obviously, in college. He's on the list uh, twice in the top 25, I think, Uh, Johnny Manziel. So I'll ask you, Matt, let's, let's say he got his head on straight. Would, would he have a better shot at, uh, the NFL if he came out now?
0: I think that's a big if, I think that's a big if, I mean, you know, if, uh, you know, if a lot of players would do this one more thing, you (laughs) know, if, if Ricky Williams doesn't retire, yeah. you know, a Ricky Williams could be in the hall of fame. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah.
1: I think his uh, game is most analogous to Kyler Murray. Yeah. And I, you kind of see the fantasy success he's had. Um,
0: what I, about you, Doug? I know you notated Johnny Manziel as yeah. well. What, what are your thoughts on Johnny Manziel being a disappointment going from the college realm to the pros?
2: Uh, I mean, what Brian was mentioning earlier, he's got the you know, the number five and the number 29 overall um, CF college football fantasy seasons um, in the top 300. So number five and 29. And, you know, the dude just flaked out. I mean, loves partying, loves, you know, the crazy lifestyle. Um, I was never a huge fan of him personality wise in college football. But I will tell you, he was fun to watch when he played. Uh, personality see, wise, I think. I got to
1: see his first game ever in the SEC. I was there for the for a road game with uh, Must Champ and the Gators, and uh, his first SEC game. He was great, and mm-hmm. I remember coming home. So in our league, we're only allowed three pickups per year. So you better, uh, you know, make sure you use them wisely. And I thought about picking him up after that game. And I remember Zach, uh, who was in the league at the time, picked him up that week, and of course that paid off a lot for him over the <clears throat> over the years. He ended up having um, old Johnny football, and then going to Lamar Jackson, and uh, what a great duo to have, kind of as a you know back to back fantasy guys. Uh, he he killed it, man. I wish uh, he's one of the ones that I, I regret not picking him up because i was there in person and saw how good he was in that game and just didn't pull the trigger
2: yeah he's like i said he was fun to watch in college always kept you on your toes you kind of never knew it was going to happen with the kid either on the sideline so it was kind of you know he, he kind of kept you watching but just personality wise i was never a big fan and i can honestly say i'm not surprised that he didn't make it in the pros because he didn't find a way to grow up.
0: All right, so let's let's switch it around a little bit and let's go to uh, players from your childhood, from your younger years um, that that you see on the list that you're glad to see make an appearance in some way. So we'll start with you, B Mac. Who's a couple? Just a couple of the names that you're glad to see they actually showed up on the list.
1: Uh, so my my one that I, I loved growing up. Now, right now, I don't have an NFL <laughs> team. I just have no feelings for an NFL team, and I, I try, and I just can't. I, I love watching the NFL, or I enjoy it. I don't – I love my still extreme. trying to work
2: on you, B. I'm still trying to work
1: on you. I'm going to get so, your hat. I, <clears throat> I watched the NFL game, um, and I watched it so much growing up as a fan of the, the 49ers for whatever reason, probably just cause they were really good, but I loved Steve young and, and the way he played. And obviously he's throwing to, you know, John Taylor, Jerry rice back in the day. Um, but yeah, gritty performer uh, still, still enjoy him in terms of like his TV personality and everything. He's just a gritty fun guy who, uh, you know, wouldn't let anything stop him. love, love him a dual threat guy, kind of a little bit before his time.
0: what about you, Doug? Who's some of your favorite players that you're just glad to see they make an appearance on the list?
1: Um, I was always a fan of watching
2: Dante Culpepper play um I really liked him
0: local boy for all yeah, of us here
2: say, you know local i'm I'm from Inverness, not too far from here, but just somebody that was so close you know to my area growing up was kind of fun to just keep an eye on and my second one is. Danny Werfel. Um, before got before little- you
1: switch to Werfel. So yep. I have a little fun story with Dante. So Dante went to the same high school I went to at Vanguard and uh, he had a little celebrity basketball game. Um, I, I didn't play football. I played basketball. So uh, he came back into town and this was like, while he was still playing for the vikings and so there were a lot of his nfl guys were here so edger and james was here which was really cool like i I remember having him on fantasy teams growing up and then um randy moss drove the biggest blacked out bus that i've ever seen um into my high school and and he was at the game and that it was just a lot of fun kind of seeing those guys play culpepper to moss was was just a blast um
0: When I moved up here from South Florida that one of the very first people I met was Dante Culpepper played on a city uh, flag football team with him um, for one season between high school and college, and I was just one of the calmest, most humble, quiet guys I've ever played football with. And uh, yeah, I'm not surprised at all that he had success in college. So continue, Doug. Now that we have uh, we have uh, waxed poetic a little bit about about Dante the local uh, the local yeah, like cowboy. Hoosier, Hoosier I, I like Scott. the fact
2: that you guys have some local, you know, stories about him. It's, and it's cool to see these guys, you know, part of the – being part of the public, you know, being out there and still doing things with people and visiting high schools and stuff. It shows you where their mindsets were at. So um, my second one, like I was saying, is Danny Werfel. Um, I was pretty young, 95, 96. Uh, so I was – seven eight years old but i just remember going to my grandpa's house on saturdays and watching the gators play and whether he was yelling at danny werfel or praising him you know in the moment he <laughs> it was it it was fun you know just being a part of that with my grandpa so i think you know more than anything he, he's the one that kind of guided me to my my gator fan moments um as well as my Jaguar fan moments for pros. I mean, he was a Jags fan when they first came in the league. So anything that, you know, brings back the, the moments with your grandpa, they, uh, those players kind of stick with you. So,
1: yeah, heck yeah. And that is, that is part of the fun of, of college football, the the family ties and whatnot.
0: So, um, I will say one of the things that was actually a little surprising for me. Like I was glad to see Philip Rivers on the list. Um, I was a big fan of yeah Philip Rivers. I'm, but yeah, I'm like absolutely. But I was just surprised to see that his his um, most impressive season only made number two hundred and sixty three on the list. You're talking P. Riv and and Tory Holt back in that that era where it was just throwing the ball uh-huh. all over the place. NC State was a as a huge passing offense. And that thing still only made 263rd on the list.
1: You know, I forgot Torrey Holt was was a Wolfpack guy. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I remember very, very fondly going to a game, NC State and Florida State, where NC State lost at Dope Campbell. But Torrey Holt had five touchdowns in that game. And I remember Mm -hmm. being the only person walking out of that stadium happy. And everybody at Florida State was walking out like, "What is this? who is this dude that just wrecked our passing defense and got five touchdowns on us?
1: That's awesome.
0: All right. So is there anything else we want to talk about prior to us going through the list? I know that there's a one neat thing we can talk about, about players that we've owned that are on the top of the list that are on the list. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about BMAC before we get into the actual nitty gritty of the top list?
1: So a couple of the guys that I was kind of surprised were so hot or one guy that I was surprised that was so high on the list a couple of times was Quentin flowers. You know, he's a USF guy and, uh, Man, he was here, he was 20th, he was 45th, and 207th. Like, uh, wow, every year um, that he started, he was great at USF. And it's maybe just because I didn't have him on my fantasy team, um, but dang some elite, elite years out of Quentin Flowers. And then naturally, like I was looking for, for Florida players. You know, I was born in Gainesville. So, yeah, seeing Werfel on the list. I love that Werfel showed up one notch ahead of Peyton Manning on the list. <laughs> that made me feel good. Um, you know, if you're not a diehard or whatever Florida fan or Tennessee fan, you may not know that Peyton Manning went O oh and Foe against Florida. O oh and um, Foe that's uh, that's a good stat rex grossman loved rex grossman um so the year spurrier retired from florida um 2001 rex had a a great year should have won the heisman but whatever they gave it to eric crouch um and then tebow made the list three times um and then of course kyle trask his his last season 2020 um was good for 59th all time um it's just fun to kind of go through and see the list. And then you see some of the players that you're not like surprised, like Andre Ware, I knew he was really good and won the Heisman, whatever, uh, Jim McMahon, obviously quarterback for the Chicago bears. And I know he's really good, but it's kind of surprising to see how high they are because of how the passing game has changed in terms of fantasy points. But it also shows how different they were um, as compared to some of the other quarterbacks. Um, so like the yearly average of fantasy points per game for a quarterback um, goes from like a 17-ish all the way up to, you know, high mid 25s um, for fantasy points per game from the quarterback position. So in 1980, when McMahon made the list, the average fantasy output was 15.8 points per game Um, And we've dropped a couple points and this is like similar to the rest of the the college game Uh, college scoring overall is down in 2022 compared to the last few years. But um, that, that scans for uh, fantasy quarterbacks as well dropped from 27 fantasy points per game to 25 for all the, the players in the database here.
0: So before we get into the actual list, one really interesting thing that we could look at is who are your favorite fantasy players that you've owned that are on the list, whether you had them in college, whether you still have them in the pros, um, the notable names that, that were actually on your team in college. So BMAC, we're going to start with you because your list is pretty dang short.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there's there's uh, Case Keenum uh he let me do a quick search here
0: he's a um, guy that got traded all over the place too i believe wasn't he somebody that that was made to a lot of different hands he was he was a big chess piece
1: yeah and it's same in the nfl where he became more of a waiver wire guy because he would play well and then go to a different team and be a backup and then someone would get hurt and then he would play well again and i think he's still doing that in the nfl um He's, he was on the list 70th, 65th, and 30th. Um, pocket passer, he was, in terms of percentage of fantasy points that came from passing, 85%, 95%, 91% each of the three years. He was on it all over 40 passing touchdowns and 5,000 yards, which is ridiculous. So um, he was a great one to have, and yeah, he he was definitely – a trade a big trade that i made to kind of land him for i think his 2011 season which uh i won the the championship with him i believe um not Mackenzie milton he's on the list he was great at ucf but um and it's not his fault uh but he he's Got his leg totally crushed. One of the in nastiest, the, one of the, one of the
0: nastiest injuries we've ever seen.
1: I was at Crunchies and Munchies picking up some hot wings, watching on my phone. And first quarter, he was he was down and out, and uh that was the end of my playoff run that year. So, not great memories. I would have won it if he had a any sort of an average game. Trevor Lawrence, Bryce Young, are a couple recent guys that I have that are on the list and. I look forward to having both of them on my NFL squads for a long time. But going back to the early years of uh, <clears throat> of our our Dynasty League, GJ Kinney, who is now a coach, um, but uh, and I think he's the coach, maybe the OC at Tulsa for the first year this year. I could be wrong, um, but anyways. 2010 season, I had him. He was fantastic. 3600 passing yards, 31 touchdowns, another 500 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground. But uh, I, I definitely took a lot from those Tulsa offenses early on in our, our dynasty. How about All you, right. Matt?
0: Well, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna push it up to Doug real quick. Doug, Fine. how about you?
2: Well, like I said earlier, you know I haven't been around the college fantasy football for very long but i mean i've got like michael pratt on my team who's on this list dtr who's on my team who just went you know to the combine to show what he can do um he was on my team and then probably one of my favorable picks um would be kenny pickett who i picked up in basically free agency in our league and the same as Bo Nix, who was also a free agent. Dang, Um, that
1: picket season's good for 71st all time. Wow.
2: So like I said, haven't been around in the college fantasy game for very long, but uh, having four of the guys up there, I mean, recent guys is, is kind of nice to see.
0: Well, I haven't, I haven't, uh, been able to get out of the dug range and get a whole lot of championships in in the uh, CFB dynasty.com league. <laughs> but one thing, one thing that I, one thing I can say is that uh, I, I am well known, and almost to my detriment, and BMAC blasts me all the time about this. I get a hold of a lot of good quarterbacks, and I can't get rid of them. Um, I, I just can't, can't I can't, pull, can't, get rid of them. I can't pull the trigger to get rid of them because okay, I okay. feel like if there I get rid go. of them, then, uh, <laughs> I'm going to find myself in a hole. So right now I've got Grayson McCall, Grayson McCall, is somebody I've had on my team since very early on, um, in his freshman year. Um, but if you look at my pro team right now, my pro team right now still has Marcus Mariota, who I had since he was a flight like, between his freshman, and sophomore year at Oregon, Bailey Zappi. Derek Carr, who just signed the free agent contract with the Saints, and Patrick Mahomes, who I've had since he was uh, fighting for the starting position at Texas Tech. So my quarterback room has always been hot. It's all the other rooms that I always have an issue with. But uh, you know, so so like I said, if I there's times people are like, hey, what would it take for you to trade Mahomes? I'm like, dude, Mahomes is going to literally be on my Hall of Fame wall. Mahomes isn't going anywhere. That'd be the most ridiculous trade. There's I can't imagine a package in a dynasty league that somebody could offer me that would be worth trading Mahomes because he just is truly that generational talent.
1: You know, I've thought about doing a post for like a like a format of a league like ours and then just l- ranking the assets. Like if if we were to draft right now, what is the best asset you could have on your on your team Mahomes has to be top 5.
0: Absolutely. I think, I think he absolutely is. I think as we're seeing some of the craziness that's going on in the NFL, talking about people like Derrick Henry, getting ready to get traded. It's hard to even say what a running back or a wide receiver be a, it be a long-term asset in a dynasty. I mean, quarterbacks are truly the only person that has got that absolute longevity, not just a one-year guy, Mm -hmm. one-year guys would be a totally different thing, but over the course of a career, it's hard to not put quarterbacks probably in every one of those top five positions.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: All right. So without further ado, we are super excited to get in and start talking about the top 25. So who are some of the guys that just barely missed the top 25 that great guys, great seasons. We already talked about uh, Dante Culpepper at 32, Brennan Armstrong with Virginia, We talked about him a couple times at 35 who just went to NC State with his offensive coordinator for that that top 35 season, so who knows what's going to happen. Derek Carr with his amazing season with Devontae Adams at 31. Doug, I, I slagged on Houston quarterbacks earlier, but you and Brian both brought up Case Keenum. Here's the Houston quarterback that's in the top 30 that actually had a great season at Case Keenum. You brought up Johnny Manziel. BMAC, you brought up Steve Young. Robert Griffin III, who was unreal at Baylor, looked like he was going to be what Patrick Mahomes became. Robert Griffin III looked like he was going to be amazing until he got injured with Washington and then his season totally flamed out. Now he's a commentator. Um, And then Marcus Mariota, he was pretty amazing at Oregon. So now we're going to go to the first person top 25, Malik Willis at Liberty. He looked like he was going to be an incredible pro but Malik Willis brought Liberty into a national relevance. Uh, Anybody have anything else they want to say in the top? So from 21 to 25, we got Jim McMahon, Brigham Young, JT Barrett, Ohio State, Paul Smith at Tulsa, Travon Boykin at Texas Christian, Malik Willis at Liberty 25. Brian, Doug, anything you want to say about these five guys in that 21 to 25 range?
1: Uh, Jim McMahon, they're in the top 25. That's crazy with his 1980 season, 47 touchdowns passing 4,500 yards passing. Um, and then another six touchdowns on the ground. Like what a year he averaged 36 and a half fantasy points per game. Um, that's nuts. And then, yeah, Tulsa, of course I've got, a an infinity f- or, uh, some sort of, uh, affinity, relationship, affinity yeah. there, whatever with Tulsa. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's just, I I think Paul Smith was started it. And then I got GJ Kinney like the year later and or a year or two later, whatever. But uh, I guess when you're watching these teams, you just start to, you know, it's kind of, you get a first look at who's next up. You know, if Paul Smith goes out and you see Kinney come in or whatever. Um, Yeah. That stuff's just great. And Trevon Boykin, what a season um a lot of those guys were or so three of those guys were kind of pass heavy the other two were, were more running style
0: doug you got anything on 21 to 25 or are you ready to move up to the next set of five
1: we can go ahead and move up
2: buddy
0: all right so let's go up we're gonna look at 16 through 20 now 16 through 20 number 20 the aforementioned Quentin flowers at <coughs> south florida cam newton at auburn not cam newton at florida cam oh, newton at auburn on. Andre Ware, who had one of the most insane games, won a game was at 95 to 28 when he was at Houston, absolutely flamed out, didn't do anything as a pro. Sean King at Tulane and then Jordan Lynch at Northern Illinois. We brought him up earlier. Jordan Lynch this season, he had 43% of his points came from rushing. We talked about Jordan Lynch makes the list twice unbelievable that a northern illinois quarterback he was coached by dave doran who's now the quarterback who's now the coach at nc state but that's why dave doran was able to move up to a power five conference because he was able to get someone like jordan lynch to be such a good productive player there yep. so uh doug Bmac, i'm going to throw it back over to you anything specific in that 16 to 20 range that you want to call out sure
1: sure cam newton as a florida fan Reminds me of oh, what could have been if he was the one to uh, start after Tebow instead of uh, John Brantley. Maybe Urban doesn't get sick, and uh, that could have uh, kind of shifted the whole thing. But he stole yep. the laptop, and history's history. And I'm, I'm telling you,
0: Florida, Florida had a lot of great quarterbacks that did not play there. Yeah. Guys like, uh, Jacoby Brissett. I forget what school he went to. I mean, guys that just like, <laughs> it could have been Florida had a good pipeline for other colleges.
1: Yeah, they did for sure. <laughs> but cam cam was a special player that season. He was definitely for our last question of the day. He was in the running, uh, for the life on the line question, but we'll get to that later.
0: Doug, what about you? You see anybody in that list that, uh, that, 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 that tickles your fancy here?
1: Uh,
2: I'm gonna roll with Sean King for a little bit, man. He, you know, didn't make too much of himself in the pros, kind of a kind of a backup, throw him in here and there kind of guy toward the end. But um there were moments though when, when he played, he looked he looked great. Um uh, he was another one kind of grown up, he was in late nineties, you know, just liked watching him play. His
1: name reminds me of Mike Allstott and work done at the Bucks.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: does. But he was just another one that you just – just some moments he
2: he looked super exciting. So he kind of sticks out to me in that list a little bit.
0: All right, so we're going to move up. This is going to be the last time we're going to look at the list as a group of five. So we're going to now move up to 11 through 15. And there's a couple of really interesting names in here in 11 through 15. At 15, Joe Burrow and LSU – 14 and 13, you have the Oklahoma back-to-back quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. At number 12, someone very familiar to people in this area, Tim Tebow, number 11, BJ Simons from Texas Tech. So the um, only thing I'm going to say, because I know that you guys have got a lot to talk about in this group, is Joe Burrow, if you looked at actual fantasy points produced in a season, not per game, because like BMAC mentioned, an 11 game season versus a 15 game season with the pro with the championships and the playoffs that that's going to skew stats but if you want to say what person produced the most points ever in a single season it is joe burrow's single season lsu 568.6 points in a single season his only season at lsu but i'm going to throw this over to you guys to talk about some of the other guys on this list what do you think about that 11 through 15 group
1: And, and that's the only season lsu made the list um which kind of makes sense if you know their history. But anyways. I think
0: we're going to see a lot more LSU when we get to the running backs and wide receivers list. That's for certain.
1: Running backs for sure. Um, uh, The one thing that stands out, just these are players that have a huge difference. Like a couple of these guys on the list uh, there, BJ Simons, Joe Burrow, pocket passers. And, you know, when you think of fantasy and kind of the, the long known thing is that it's a cheat code to have a, a quarterback that's a dual threat guy. But when you've got an elite pocket passer like Simons or Burrow, um, they're just as good. So their seasons are right up there with, you know, Tebow Hertz and Kyler Murray who were, you know, skewed dual threat, got a lot of their production. You can see Kyler Murray had 12 rushing touchdowns. Shailen Hertz had 20. Tebow had 23 um, to go along with 30 plus passing touchdowns. So... Um, when you have Burrow who threw for sixty and Simons who threw for fifty-two, like that makes up the gap. The difference is Burrow had six interceptions, Simons had twenty-two.
0: <laughs> and and Burrow was playing at uh Burrow was playing and T were playing against much better defenses than uh than any of the other guys playing in the Big Twelve. True, true. Doug, what do you think about seeing back-to-back seasons out of Oklahoma and the Big 12 being in the top 15?
2: Um, Kind of expected, um, With yeah. especially with those two guys. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I can see Oklahoma being on this list a lot more in the future as well. There, there's a school that we shall see gets talent, I think. Um, I know they're making the switch, but – I don't know. We'll see what happens, but especially with those two hurts and, and Murray with how, you know, dynamic they are dual threat wise. It's, it's not a surprise for me to see them there.
0: All right. So we're going to move up and we're going to start talking about these individually. So let's scroll up to number 10, number 10, Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. As a Miami Dolphin fan, I was disgusted beyond belief that Bailey Zappi was drafted by the New England Patriots. Bailey Zappi is the real deal. Bailey Zappi, um, if you if you're someone that's in college fantasy football, there's always a school that is in CUSA or the Mac that becomes like the like the 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 the, the school that you want to go target guys from. Well sometimes it's bowling green. At one point it was Central Michigan uh, where just there's just wide receivers and quarterbacks are just putting up tons of points. Right now, it's Western Kentucky. Bailey Zappi, as, uh, as B, I mentioned earlier, the guy was only 33 yards away from having a 6,000-yard season at, mm-hmm. at Western Kentucky, which is unheard of. Um, Zappi is the real deal. I think he has a potential to be a, a, a legitimate professional. Uh, I hope that it's not with the Patriots because that would be very disappointing to me as a Dolphin <laughs> fan to have to cheer against him being on my team. But uh, I, I really think that uh, it's, it's, it's not surprising at all to see Bailey Zappi right there at, at number 10. Either one of you guys have anything you want to say about Zappy, or you're ready to move on no, to just the next
1: one. Pocket Passer. Wanted to call that out. If you haven't watched him play, obviously it's a recent 2021 season. 38.6 fantasy points per game. 96% of his stats came through the air. All right. Moving along to the opposite.
0: All right. So uh so Doug, why don't you take a look and why don't you read off number nine and then we'll comment here? So
2: at number nine, we got Jordan Lynch from Northern Illinois. Uh 2013. He averaged 39 points a game, uh, 24 passing touchdowns to go with 23 rushing touchdowns.
0: That's so, that, yeah, that's huge right there, huge right there. One of the it's the lowest percentage in the top for number of po- most points coming out of passing. Only 39.59 yeah, yeah. coming out of passing. Crazy. Well, um, again, this is Jordan Lynch is at nine and 16. I would say probably to somebody like you, Doug probably the most surprising name to see up here twice in the top of the list because of the fact that he was not a passer he was a he was a dual threat as much as a dual threat could possibly be and he's there twice in the top 16. right
2: well when I looked up players from this list um you know a while ago just doing a little bit of research it was crazy for me to see him because like I said a lot of these college guys I'm you know not familiar with at all but there's platforms that have Jordan Lynch, listed as a running back yes so it's you know it's crazy for me to see him at the top you know when he was obviously both but there's platforms that have him listed as a running back
0: and jordan lynch i mean he didn't do anything in the pros but i think that's because they were like you know we need to convert this guy to a tight end um because of what he was able to do he's kind of kind of in the same mode as um you know as a guy in new orleans you know where you're not even really sure what he's what position he is he's just an everything yeah
1: yeah all right, I'll, I'll take number eight here. Chase Clement from Rice Conference USA, two thousand eight. He was uh, he was a dual threat guy, but not to the extreme like Jordan Lynch. So he had four thousand passing yards, forty four touchdowns through the air, and then another almost seven hundred rushing yards and twelve more rushing touchdowns there.
0: All right, I'll take uh, I'll go up to number seven. A season that's near yeah and dear boy. to my heart. Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, five thousand and fifty two yards uh, passing 41 passing touchdowns. So, um, the thing that's interesting, he only had 285 yards rushing, but 12 touchdowns. Um, if you watched Patrick Mahomes in that period of time, it was unbelievable. Some of the things he did, he had games that had nearly 800 yards passing in (laughs) single games. It it was just unreal watching the things that he did. Um, and as we'll see, as we go up this list, quarterbacks from Texas tech quarterbacks from Houston. There's been a, a, and rightfully so the stigma of they can go put up video game numbers in college, but they can't do things in the pros. And, and it was for good reason because a lot of the guys from those teams just could not do it in the pros. I said, even back then Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. He is going to be somebody that's going to change offenses in the pros we see him now is currently the only starting quarterback that has more than one Super Bowl ring with Tom Brady retiring. Um, he's he's a generational talent and he has proven that you can be a quarterback that can do it all and 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 do a great have a great college career and be able to translate that, you know, running and passing into the pros. What about you Mac? How How disappointed are you? that you have not and will not ever be able to have your hands on Patrick Mahomes.
1: So the uh, the line <laughs> that you mentioned, so there was the Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield game where Mahomes was, this is one game, 52 of 88 attempts, 734 yards, five touchdowns, one pick, and then he added 85 more rushing yards. Uh, crazy. Baker didn't
0: he, have, didn't he have rushing touchdowns in there too?
1: Uh, I think so. This uh current thing that I'm looking at doesn't show All it, but Baker, Baker had 545 yards in that game too. Seven touchdowns, no picks. Um But yeah, what a what a game! Those I two remember had. watching
0: that game and blowing up our our league chat and just like, are you guys watching this game? This game is unreal. I would have hated to been my opponent that week because I knew that I <laughs> just absolutely obliterated them
1: but yeah. yeah some of the, some of these players you just remember games that just that just you win the game just by having the one guy all right doug you're at number six actually so, i'm gonna flip it up because i'm gonna take number six because you weren't around for colt brennan and he is now the new head coach at hawaii um and i, I can't wait to see what he does with hawaii and those offenses i hope they come back yes. to to like they were when he was there you know Pocket passer, um, 5,500 yards, 58 touchdowns. We are getting close to almost 40 fantasy points a game. He averaged 39 and a half. 88% of his points uh, came through the air. The old uh, run and shoot
0: Hawaii One of the neat things about about Hawaii right here, Doug, and I think it's good having you as a barometer, where you said you've only played college fantasy for a few years. Since you've been playing college fantasy football, Hawaii's been a non-factor. Hawaii's mm-hmm. not been somebody you don't go look at stats and go, I need to go see who's out there on Hawaii. But for a decade, you were like, I don't care if it's the fourth or fifth wide receiver on Hawaii, I got to get them on my team because Hawaii was just throwing the ball around like it was on fire. And they've had a lot of issues out there after June Jones left as a head coach. And um it, it's just Hawaii has completely fallen off the radar. Uh, but yeah, back in the day, with starting with Colt Brennan, they used to be just you know, you couldn't you couldn't do wrong by finding somebody on Hawaii to have on your team. They were huge chess pieces. Sometimes you just draft them just so you could find somebody to trade them to. Mhm.
2: Oh, well, I remember. I remember Colt Brennan. Um, got drafted by Washington in two thousand and eight. Uh, my dad was a Redskin fan back in the day when they were the Redskins. Um, so I I you know I remember the name. I remember him pretty well just because of the team that my dad followed. Um. So, but yeah, All right, I'll give you number five though. Number five. Oh, Johnny Manziel. His Heisman year. So, his Heisman season. Um, you know, from Texas AM, and m obviously in the SEC, had 515 fantasy points in 13 games. Um. So who knows where he would have been if he played 15, 16 games like True. the other guys. Um. Averaged 39.7 points a game. I know I would have liked that on my team this year, but it would have helped me not finish second, Matt. But, um, you know, a, pretty much a 50-50 guy. Um, 48.22% of his fantasy
1: production came from passing. I do think that nickname's going to stick though. Do you think it has staying power there, the bridesmaid for Doug?
0: Absolutely, man. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Make me a shirt. Make me a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um
2: but yeah, I mean 26 passing touchdowns to go with 21 rushing touchdowns. So, like I said, pretty much a 50-50 guy. Like I said, I loved watching the kid in college. I mean, he was exciting to watch on the football field just you know, being who I am and not being afraid to call people out a little bit. He had a stupid personality. So, Now you got
0: me thinking about Doug's shirt. I think on the back of the shirt, he's going to say maybe one day you too can be number two.
2: ah. (laughs) Listen, guys, I would wear this. I mean, I would would wear it with pride, and we just have to come up with something different if I actually do move away from
1: that number two (laughs) spot.
0: I know you can't do that. That 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 I'm just picturing
1: Dennis Rodman, you know, Sports Illustrated, whatever, when he wears the wedding dress, something like I mean, that. I mean, I could always shave a number two in the back of my head, too, if you want me to. It's fine. I think it's a good time to move <laughs> I, on to number four, man.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. So, number four, number four, we got Lamar Jackson from Louisville. Um, <coughs> Lamar Jackson <coughs> was one of the fastest quarterbacks ever, ever in college. I remember watching him play in college as as an acc fan and you're just like how are you going to stop this guy uh his his legs were unbelievable he would there's nobody on the field that could touch him i don't care if you're a wide receiver i don't care if you're a cornerback um lamar jackson would make you look stupid if he decided to run the ball he was like the michael vick of this era when it comes to his performance on the field unbelievable come up from lamar jackson
1: And this is the first one to eclipse the 40 mark points per game, 40.1 fantasy points per game. Who could be the three people better than Lamar Jackson? That's crazy. You know what?
0: I don't even know if there are three people better than Lamar Jackson, (laughs) but we're going to find out here in just a minute.
1: (laughs) Derek (laughs) King comes in at number three for Houston. And uh, obviously great. Career ended his career at Miami. Um, but his 2018 season at Houston, he played 11 games, 442 total fantasy points. But that was good for 40.2 per game. Um, true dual threat guy, where 2,900 passing yards, 36 touchdowns, 674 rushing yards, and 14 touchdowns on the ground. And but, one um, of the
0: things about DeArt King DeArt King is a pivotal player in all of college football. And here's why. Derek King was one of the first players to take advantage of. You can play four games and not have yep. to red shirt. True. Uh, Derek King had an incredible season at Houston. And then the next year he was like, my team is not going to do as good. He came in as the number one rated player in all of college fantasy football. His team did not True. look good um, at the beginning of the season. And he was like, you know what? I quit. I'm transferring. And he's one of the first big name players to transfer mid season. And that threw off so much. And look at how the door just was blown open from players deciding to sit because they wanted to transfer somewhere else. And that started with the year. It King. was
1: brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. We had him ranked number one, I think overall that year, Yes, or at least it was top three, but no, he
0: was, he was, he was one, he was one. Cause I remember when he sat down, the guy that had him was just like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, this wasn't an injury. This wasn't an injury that changed their team. This was a guy's personal decision that said, you know what? I don't want to play here. I want to go play. So I want to transfer to somewhere else where I might have a better chance. And it did not work out for Derek King, did less in Miami. And now Derek King is playing in the XFL.
1: Now at number two, this one freaked me out. Like I, I didn't really remember him uh, that well. And this season was when I was five years old and this ties our number one guy at 42.4 fantasy points per game, David Klingler from the Southwest conference at Houston, 1990. Um, What do you remember from Klingler? So I, I can,
0: I can tell you one of the things about David Klingler. He's one of those guys that people really fell in love with and his draft stock went out of control Um, The thing I remember the most about David Klingler was being so thankful that the Bengals who at that point were the bungles um, (laughs) fell in love with him for that draft. The Bengals had the number six pick and the Dolphins had the seven, if I remember correctly. And there were six blue chip prospects in that draft class. And the Dolphins were like, well, we're going to have to get one of those guys in the next group. And inexplicably the Bengals at six draft David Klingler which leaves the Dolphins, the ability to draft Troy Vincent. Dang. With the number seven pick and everybody, even at the draft, were like, what are the Bengals doing? You had a surefire Hall of Fame talent corner in Troy Vincent that you could have drafted for your team, but they wanted David Klingler again. This is the fourth Houston quarterback that we've talked about to this point. Only one of them being Case Keenum, who's outside the top 20 actually did anything worthwhile in the pros david Klingler, unbelievable season at houston absolute absolutely atrocious pro career Mm. and uh so yeah you see you see why people fall in love with him and wanted to hopefully see him translate that houston uh houston uh prowess into the pros but it clearly just did not happen
1: yeah 96 percent uh basically 97 percent uh of his fantasy points came through the air at 81 yards rushing one touchdown 5100 passing yards 54 touchdowns and 20 picks um not the most efficient passer uh which you know seemingly should be a red flag right for as far as nfl goes but anyways um
0: so let's give doug the number one so doug brian said earlier he's not sure the three guys that are better than lamar jackson Who is the guy at number one that was better than Lamar Jackson at number four?
2: Well, Lamar Jackson beat out Lamar Jackson. That's right. uh, The younger version, too. Yes, the younger version. (laughs) The youngest Heisman winner, I think, ever. um, Or pretty close. Um, 42.4 points a game, again. um, Just like Klingler. But uh, 30 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Not 20. um, And... He had 21 rushing touchdowns. Um, like Matt mentioned before, and you know Brian's mentioned already, just an all-out baller. He's he can run, uh, and good luck catching him when he gets in the open field. I mean, he's he makes you look silly.
1: Yeah, if you think about this from a, just a pure like fantasy league setup kind of thing, so if you just look at the yards between Klingler and Lamar Jackson. Klingler had 5,140 yards plus 81 rushing yards. Lamar Jackson really close to that, 3,543 passing yards, 1,571 rushing yards. But you, you get one point or whatever for every 10 rushing yards as a, a running back in a standard league or, or like rushing yards or receiving yards or one point for every 10 yards or whatever. And then it's like 0.25 for every passing yard. So even though they had the same amount of yards, Lamar Jackson got way more fantasy points. And you can kind of understand how that stacks up over the course of a year. Um, And
0: Lamar Jackson turned the ball over a lot less than Klingler too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, right. So um, yeah, you look at that. That's one of the things that kind of surprises me a little bit. Everyone is so enthralled and I think rightfully so on the dual threat passers. But if you get an elite pocket passer. Um, you know, just like we had in 2021 with zappy or, you know, Colt Brennan, Klingler, etc. They're just as good.
0: All right, so there we go. That is the top 300 looking at the top 25. If you want to be able to uh take a look at this yourself, and be able to go up there and and dig into the stats and O'Brien did something really interesting at the beginning and he just looked at the top performances in 2022 that might help you as you're uh, preparing for your draft for 2023 make sure you go up to cfbdynasty.com. it's going to be up there under news and articles and now you can look at the best of all time uh in the next couple of weeks we're going to talk about running backs and wide receivers but we have one last question this week that BMAC wants to pose BMAC, what is your final question of the week that you want to pose to everybody
1: okay all right let's do this so all right. Imagine this, Matt. So you, you're you on a, a mountain walking up there alone, and then a goat right. walks out of the cave and threatens to push you off. But you had to, you know, only way to save yourself was to pick the best quarterback on this list to win you a college game. Now you're thinking, all right, what team, because of the difference between styles of quarterbacks here, just A team that's suited for your quarterback so you're not necessarily taking um everyone on the the quarterback's team just the ultimate um so if you're a pocket passer you think of like burrow throwing to you know jamar chase terrace marshall and uh oh goodness jefferson jefferson yes thank you um so like you put a guy like mahomes in that offense or whoever um Who are you going to take to win you the game with your life on the line?
0: I'm telling you right now, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes, even when it looks like he's down and out, Mahomes is going to find some kind of creative way to make some ridiculous underhanded, or I'm not even going to be looking, or I'm going to give the, put the ball in my left hand and throw the ball left-handed and find a way to score. Mahomes has so many exciting performances, even when it looks like he's down and out, even when it looks like the team is the goat has got you one leg hanging off the side, you're hanging on by one pinky finger on the side of the cliff. Mahomes is going to find a way to flip you back up on top of that cliff and get you the dub. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Doug, what about you?
2: I'm going to go with a surprising one um, because I like the guy's personality a lot. I like what I've done research on in his college days. I'm going Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Um, a quarterback that's got three seasons inside the top 70. Um, I think he could uh, could win me a game, and that, that goat would have to go back in his hole in the mountain and leave me alone.
1: Yeah, for me, I think of – because all these guys are really great, right, um, from a college production standpoint. So I'm thinking of temperament, personality. Who's the guy – who's got that it factor. And I came down to three where it's like, all right, this guy's got the performance. He's got the skills. And if he's got the talent around him, I will live and die with one of three of these guys. So, and yeah, and it was Mahomes and Burrow and Tebow where they have the it, the leadership, the swagger, whatever you want to call it to go along with with that, and I, uh, I would roll uh, and die with my boy, Tebow on on this one, and uh, I th- I think like Mahomes is such a good pick here. Mm-hmm. Um, just imagining him in that LSU offense, too, would be would be incredible. But Burrow also like, love the guy. He's he's freaking great in terms of everything, um, and then I, I'd put. Yeah, I'd put Steve Young on that list up there too for me as a, a guy that would come to mind that I would maybe pick in that in that goat moment there. All right, and, but
0: you got to pick one. You just named a bunch of them. You got to pick I'll one. I'll take Here's
1: Tim. I'll roll and die with Tim.
0: Roll and die with Tim in a college. I can, I can understand that because mm-hmm. Tim is the only one that was really exceptional in college that didn't really translate over to the pros. Uh, Steve Young, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, obviously were able to do it on both sides. I think that's why... I would lean more. If I, if I was going to take that list that you had, I would probably lean more towards Burrow just because he's been able to do, to do it on, on both sides of the ball, both sides of college and pro.
1: Yep. Yep. For sure.
0: All right. So, uh, that's what we have for this week on the CFB dynasty.com podcast. We want to know what you guys think. We want to know if you agree, if you disagree with anything we have here, we want to have you guys answer the same questions. Is there anybody on this list that's, that's surprising to you? Uh, any of your, uh, your favorite players that uh, that you were able to watch those seasons uh that were in the top three hundred, make sure you go up to the Discord, go look for CFB Dynasty at Discord.com, become a part of the community. Um, and we also want you to obviously be a member on the CFB Dynasty.com website. This is where you can get all this information. You gotta be able to get the information to be able to go and talk about it. All right. So yeah, where uh, are that's we at on we rankings,
1: now. Doug? We got that coming up eventually. We got to get together and kind of <clears throat> get those further along. But we've got uh, hundred and thirty three quarterbacks ranked and live on the site. Um Right now, I
2: think we're at about 110 running backs, right? Like we not, haven't announced
1: that either yet on right. the quarterbacks, but that's live on the site for anyone who's a member. You can log in. You can go to draft Pap, draft central and then you'll see the quarterbacks ranked there. And yeah, like Doug said, we've got a hundred and some running backs, but they're not ready yet for um. Uh, I'll pop, pop this back on the screen for anyone watching, but yeah. Anyways, 170, day, 70, uh, 170 days countdown to kickoff. But yeah, quarterback rankings are live for a redraft league, and we're we're working our way through it and kind of buying our time a little bit as we wait for kind of spring to happen because yeah, a lot I mean, of players like, will get shifted around.
0: Yeah, because you got you got three major things that are going to be coming up. You've got spring ball, the next transfer window, and then um, summer camp, you know, fall ball. Yep. So I, it'll be interesting to see what the rankings are now compared to where they end up shifting to right when, when draft season actually hits. Cause I'm sure that there are some guys that you guys have in the rankings right now that are probably going to shift around whether it be because of injury or because of guys playing their way into or out of the depth charts or guys transferring to better positions. It'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: I can't wait to talk about it. We're going to have that show here in a few weeks, but, uh, yeah. What do we have next?
0: What do we have next? the best all-time college fantasy football seasons at running back. And I'll tell you right now, there's going to be some amazing names at running back that we're going to have so much fun talking about. We'll we'll probably run that show the same way we ran this one, have the same types of questions. That way you can look at apples for apples, quarterbacks to running backs to wide receivers. Uh, But running backs, I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are personal favorites, jersey wearers, Guys, that you know, you really stick your claim on in college or in the pros. So I look really forward to that. And then after that, we're going to hit wide receivers, and then we'll see where we go from there. Perfect. All right, so Doug, you have any final words for everybody? What you got going on this weekend, Doug? What things are uh, what things are, are, are popping for you?
2: Oh, things that are popping, man. Got a big golf tournament this weekend that I'm probably going to watch a little bit of. It's um, kind of right next door to us over here in Central Florida. It's not too far away. Wish I was going. Cause the weather's great right now, but you know, sometimes I got to work and make a living, but I will definitely be watching some golf this weekend. The players, and uh, yeah. maybe in joining a birthday party or two, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, definitely but, uh, watching some golf.
0: Doug, I got a question for you. The final question I'm going to ask of this podcast. All right. So Doug, this week got to go and uh speak in front of a bunch of fifth grade classrooms. I and, did. uh, and uh, had a fun time with it. He said he had a great, great interaction. If you could go back to those same classrooms and you could share with them one thing, piece of advice about college fantasy football for somebody in fifth grade, what would you say to those classrooms?
2: Just listen to me. Just listen to me. <laughs>
0: hey, that's that's it, you a man. A few words. I love it. I love it. BMAC, what about you? What do you have going on between now and the next time we are on this pod?
1: Uh, Yeah, son's birthday this uh saturday so uh sonic theme party and i'm gonna be uh Eggman for for a little bit steal the pinata get beat down by a bunch of six and seven year old boys and then uh whatever it'll be a fun time and i'll be watching the players too um and and hopefully working on running backs and wide receivers a little bit more I, i got a good chunk of wide receivers done um and uh, looking forward to those shows. How about you, Matt?
0: So uh, I've, I've got uh, Kickstarter Kickstarter Insane Fatigue going on right now. So uh, as you see, I changed my name down here. I took off the, uh, the Tiny Earl because uh, the Kickstarter we're running for Misfits Clubhouse is going to be over, going to be finished at 9 p.m. on Thursday. And I didn't want that up there um, if this podcast dropped after that. But we got 32 hours left in the Misfits Clubhouse campaign. But I also have got an entire living room that has been completely taken over by our previous campaign for heirs of a sealed or the perilous prospects book Two, um, finally getting the last of the items in for that one to be shipping it out. So I've had to be promoting one on one side, get ready to do shipping and fulfillment on the other. So it's been Kickstarter nonstop. Other than that, I'll be reffing a bunch of soccer games this weekend as usual. And then next weekend, I'll be a guest at a convention at, at, at collective con in Jacksonville um, for the, what is it? The 18th through the 20th. So I'll be up there. So we'll have one more podcast before I'm up there in Jacksonville. Sweet. Sounds great. All right, so that has been the CFPDynasty.com podcast, the top 300 quarterbacks and then taking a quick look or a, t- a deeper look at the top 25 and the top 25 or top 10 seasons of all time. My name is Matt Knowles. He over here is Brian McElfresh and this other guy over here is Doug Gravely. We want to thank you guys for coming out and watching this podcast. See you guys.
2: See ya. See ya.